the perfect marriage is two servant spouses. So you should never go into the bedroom thinking about, man, I hope she does this and I hope she does that. And I want her to do this and I want her to do that versus, man, I'm really going to please my wife tonight. Welcome to The Champion Life with Kurt Tucker. My purpose is to love, encourage, and empower you to become the champion leader God created you to be and live what I like to call the champion life. A life of abundance, freedom, and victory where you, my friend, are winning in every area of your life. Your faith, your family, your fitness, and your finances. I'm your host, Kurt Tucker. Let's have some fun. Alrighty, welcome back to the Champion Life Podcast. I'm your host, Kurt Tucker. I'm excited to bring you guys this episode today because I have one of my favorite guests. No, I'm just going to say it, my all-time favorite guest that I've had on the show so far and somebody I get to do life with, my wife, Rachel Tucker, back in the house. So, honey, how are you doing? I am sad to be gone from Mexico, but happy to be home. Yes. That's possible. So you heard her mention Mexico, guys. So today's episode, we are going to talk about sex in a safe place. And I don't mean having sex in a safe place. I mean, we're going to talk about sex because we know it's something that's so important in a thriving marriage. But we're also going to talk about a safe place. And we're going to talk about a safe place today because I believe that it's when we can establish a safe place that more than likely that's how sex is going to happen more in your marriage. And so when I, what I mean by a safe place, friends, what I mean by a safe place guest is how do we establish more vulnerability in our marriages? How do we establish uh, areas of communication in our relationship, whether it's, you know, along the lines of sex, money, kids, you know, all those different things so that now we can have and begin to create more peace, harmony, love in our marriage. And so, Rach, I want to turn it to you as we kind of dig into this concept, because I believe that this is one thing that really holds a lot of marriages back. We saw that with great evidence from the marriage retreat that we just got back from in Cancun. Almost every speaker spoke about and it was almost the the key theme if you will that so many talked about which was husbands uh and so i want you to elaborate on for for the husbands but also for the wives how do we create this environment this safe space if you will that so many of the people talked about because so many people said if there's one thing that we want you to take away to create a healthy marriage it's to have a, to, for, for husbands, understand that they need to be, you need to be for your wife, the safest place, the safest space that they can come and be vulnerable. So as a wife, elaborate on that a little bit, what that means for you, maybe a couple tips of how husbands can do that and begin to start doing that for their wives and even for the wives, how they can make it a little bit easier for their husbands to do that. The first thing that came to my mind is we want to be protected. We want to, you know, security is huge for us, but a big thing, I think, especially for women that are being called up to be warriors for, for, for Yeshua in this time is, you know, I, as a child had put up a lot of walls, um, and learned how to be really comfortable just being alone and figuring out how to be alone. 
but as you grow in Christ and you realize that to become, it's funny because I have this sitting here, which is the accord of three strands, meaning when we came together, I think uh, Dustin explained it so perfectly when he said he talked about when they said he took the rib out of Adam, when really it was his whole side. And in order, a safe place to me is a place that I can come and just share some really deep things with you. And, and, and as my personality and somebody who had to just become independent and become strong and just was born fighting that I have to be able to come to my husband with vulnerability and share some of the things that may be going on in my mind without fear of you rejecting it, you thinking I'm crazy, you um, judging me. So that is to me, like that's a safe place or to share some things that you may not really understand because, you know, God speaks to us differently. And we each have like, apart from each other, we, we each have different assignments on the earth. And so you may not understand completely what my assignment entails or some of the things that I do, but that is where empathy comes along. And so as a man, you are designed to be the, you know, the, what, what is the guy who wrote men are from Mars, women from Venus said, he goes, the Mr. Fix it hat. And you do it out of love because, you know, it is your job to secure, make, you know, security and provision and protection. But that's not what a safe place is. A safe place is a place for me to unload cheaper than therapy (laughs) that I can just come to my husband, who is the most important earthly relationship and be able to share my heart as my best friend uh, and not have to fear all the things that I had mentioned prior Mm, That's good. And, you know, one of the things that we heard, friends, throughout this entire weekend of this marriage retreat uh, was this common theme of a safe place, this common theme of vulnerability and this common theme of intimacy. And we talked a lot about the six pillars of intimacy and we went through you know, spiritual intimacy and physical intimacy and financial intimacy and sexual intimacy and all these different things. And, you know, intimacy is into me, you see. And I think for us husbands, you know, out there, for us to be able to take a step back when our wives come to us and they need us to listen, they need us you know, to not give them the solution, to not tell them, well, this is how you should think, or this is how you should feel. This is, hey, I can take care of that right now and I can coach you up, right? As, as Danny said, but instead to just sit back seeking to understand how our wife maybe feels about a certain situation, if it's dealing with us and our own shortcomings, or just seeking to understand when she's sharing with us about her day, whether it's how the day went with the little kids at home, or it's how the day went, you know, at her job or in her ministry or whatever the case is. And that that is how we can really begin to start creating a foundation of trust, of intimacy, of vulnerability, right? You know, that now this begins to start leading to 
the sexual intimacy because it is where that trust begins and that trust establishes that then leads to the deeper things, right? And so for you, honey, what is maybe one or two things that a husband, other than maybe the things that I've kind of mentioned, could do? Because I believe that, you know, my audience and a lot of people who listen to this podcast are men, they're married, they're entrepreneurs, they're busy guys and gals. And uh, so it's like, what are one or two things that you would maybe recommend to say, hey, listen, you know, in the form of communication, in the form of creating a safe place, what are maybe one or two things that you would say, hey, here's one or two things that you could do this and begin to start doing this today that would affect the communication that would begin to start cultivating, if you will, this safe place? I think it's just knowing that I am first place after your relationship with Jesus. And so what does that look like? So for you and I, um, we have our own uh, relationship with Yeshua and the Holy Spirit. And then you and I come together, but it's then, you know, you, you go off to your office and you are working one of our businesses all day long. And so coming home, and this has been something that has been a challenge for us, um, but we have put in place just boundaries. And I think that's important boundaries that we could probably talk on at another podcast, but the, just not being distracted and, and how I know that you are listening and that you are present because, you know, when just for instance, when I would go and visit my earthly dad every other weekend or whenever he was there, um, he was there, but he wasn't there. <laughs> you know, like, and I'm, and, and we've learned this weekend, like you can be honest and tell your story with, without dishonoring, right. With still honoring, but I'm just sharing my story and that, um, very checked out. Um, and that's not present because you aren't where your body is. You are where your mind is. Sure. So if you think just because you're sitting on the couch <clears throat> with each other, but you're, scr- but you're on social media, you're there you're not here. And I, I think it's just setting boundaries in place. And one of those things I think that, you know, we put in place and we don't, we're not perfect. It's fall down two times, get back, get back up three times. Like we're always just, we fall down, but we get back up again and, and we repent and we just turn back around and, and keep going back towards our goals and our boundaries. It's just to leave your phone in the car, you know, like, the cell phone, like I grew up, you know, so I was born in 1971. So I grew up in a time where my mom never knew where I was. We had a phone that was connected to a cord that you had to like do this thing. And there was no communication whatsoever. I had no idea what was going on in the world. But now, although the cell phones and the technology, it's a blessing. It's also a curse because you can get wrapped up in what other people are doing and what the world's doing. And but that's not going to connect you. Like that's, they talked about this, like you can be here. And we also learned today and what vulnerability will create is this. And so if, for instance, you and I had been doing something that was sin, whether that be in our thoughts, whether that be the stuff that we do in private, that we don't think anybody knows, we know God knows it. It creates a piece of like cellophane to where you can just repent and be able to be vulnerable. Your spouse and say, hey, I got to share something with you. 
And then as the other spouse to not judge them, not uh, hold in forgiveness, but just be, you know, it might hurt, but that was what you created. You know, that way there's not ever going to be any kind of secrets because you're not going to be in fear of, man, how they reacted last time. Yes. You know, um, and understanding our own sin. Whatever that, maybe it's not as big as, you know, maybe one spouse is uh, secretly watching pornography and masturbating, but this spouse is uh, angry. <laughs> it's a sin, right? Sinning in their anger, right? Or not having their priorities right. And so they're the same. And so it's really just being a non judgmental free zone to understand we are both sinners. Yes. Right. But I have on the refrigerator, it says God demonstrates his love for us that while we were still sinners, he died for Kurt. While we are still sinners, he died for Rachel and that we just got to stay connected like this. And, and for those of you who are listening and maybe you can't see this, you know, what Rachel is doing is giving an example of two hands kind of clasped, not together yet, but just, you know, their fingers touching almost like in a prayer position. Uh, if, if you've ever seen somebody meditating, but then all of a sudden, you know, just by the slightest movement, you know, your hands can now become clasped together. And it's kind of like the holding hands mentality. Like one of the things that I know that I love to do as we're walking is hold hands because it's a connection. It, it goes into one of the other things that they mentioned, right, was the skin to skin that, you know, how can we begin to, it's like for us men, as we begin to start thinking about sex here, uh, like, you know, sex is more than likely not going to happen if we, you know, woke up got on our phones, went and did our thing, went to work all day while our wife was at work or at home with the kids or whatever. And then we come home and we're on our phones and we don't help out. We don't do anything. And then all of a sudden nine o'clock comes around and it's like, all right, I'm ready. Well, it's great that we're ready because most of us men could be, you know, ready, you know, in a minute, but our wives aren't ready. And, you know, there's certain things that we're going to need to do almost like, you know, an investment to lead in that direction. And you're not doing it because that's the end goal, but it's just understanding that it's necessary to do those things. And skin to skin was one of the things that they talked about where it's like, hey, the holding of hands, I'll walk after work with our spouse to communicate, to decompress, to ask how the day was to sit on the couch and maybe you are watching your favorite show, but you're not watching your favorite show while you're on your phone. These are things that I'm guilty of, by the way, for you men who are listening. This is a lesson for me as much as it is a lesson. And it can be the wives as well. This is not sex, you know, you know, male dominant or whatever, because, you know, I know it can be frustrating for me sometimes when I see Rachel on her phone and I'm like, well, hey, I'm right here right now. Right. So these are things that once again, we are continuing to learn uh, because we don't want to just survive in our marriage, but we want to thrive and we want to have more intimacy. And so that holding of each other, that hugging without the whole, all right, immediately, we're going to have sex now if we hold each other for a moment, you know, all these things build up to being able to have more intimacy in our marriage, better communication, and then obviously, you know, sex, 
right, babe? So that now all of a sudden the work has been done before. You know, I, I think about there's always preparation. It goes, it's, it's, it's preparing to have an amazing evening. Babe, I guess my, the next thing I would ask for you is, uh, when it comes to sex, when it comes to creating an environment, as a woman, one of the things that I see, you know, happen and hear about many times in marriages, and I'd love for you to just give us your top, you know, your kind of mindset on this is I believe that a lot of women withhold for a lot of different things, a lot of different reasons. What would be your advice to them when it comes to, you know, because we understand that, you know, we're both going to fail. And one of the things that I heard somebody say is that when you withhold from your spouse, male or female, you're withholding from yourself because we are one in marriage, right? And so, you know, you may think like, ah, I'm not, I'm not giving him or giving her what she wants. And it's like, you know, you're kind of winning because they did something that day or, or whatever. But the ultimate, anytime we do something, it affects us, right? You know, good or bad in the marriage. And so what would you say to that? And how do we overcome that so that we can have more of what God created for in our marriage, you know, more intimacy, more sexual intimacy, which I do believe will help lead a lot of people out of the darkness of some of the sexual immorality and stuff like that. If we can begin to look at sex as a beautiful thing in our marriage and something that God gave us as a gift. Well, I can just, just from personal experience, um, you know, when we, we went on a cruise in October and we didn't get the Wi-Fi package. Okay. So now my kids are a little bit older, but they're still in high school. We left them at home alone. We had no contact with them. You know, I'm somebody who I laid my children down at the Lord's feet and I pray and I don't worry, but I was, I felt the most connected with you probably in our whole entire marriage, because just our story personally, there's a saying that says a daughter's your daughter all your life, a son's your son until he meets his wife. So it took a really long time for us to cleave because I was always fighting for first place from his family because of codependency issues on Kurt's part. And I never felt first place. I always was fighting for that first place. And, um, because Kurt was the oldest kid and, you know, cause this is all healing myself and he always had to take care of everything. And that led into our marriage. And also when, my relationship with my mom, you know, one of those yeah, things well, there was a little, there was a little bit of jealousy towards my mom, it, you know, just because of the way she loved us and you didn't have that growing up. Right. So I think it was kind of like two well, different things. Well, I mean, but there was definitely codependency issues. Um, and I just never really felt first place. And so when we went on the cruise, I didn't have to fight for anybody's attention. I didn't have to fight for the business's attention. I had to fight for your brother's attention. And I didn't have to fight for the kid's attention. It was just me and you. And Carrie Roberson says something to me. And I'm like, that's why you and your husband are having sex every single day. Because when they first got married, something happened with his mom and he stood up to his mom and he said, mom, I'm not going to allow you to do or say anything like to my wife. And if you're not going to do it, then you can't be in my life. He chose his wife. And that to me, like that was like, I totally get why they have that connection that they do. And so uh, for us, for Kurt and I, you know, to be vulnerable, to share our challenges and then how we, we, we see them. We're like, okay, we have to, we're going to work on this and we're going to fix this. 
it's to help fast track you. So that's how, like for me, even starting this, I thought, okay, honoring my husband, but also being honest about our struggles, because we're not going to help anybody if we can't be honest about our struggles. And so for me, it's that I remember when we were leaving the cruise, I felt so sad. I'm like, okay, we're going to go back to step back to reality. And it's going to go back to Rachel's going to have to fight for first place. And, and then we kind of, I went on journey of all kinds of digging and healing, um, through my own stuff, which really hurt was there with me. And he learned a lot through that. Also realizing the error and I don't need you to fix things. I don't need you to tell me how I should feel, or I shouldn't feel this way. I think you should, you should feel this way. You should be happy. Look at your life. Like, and it was when we could bring it to a a point of, and it's all about tone and timing, um, to, to say, man, I apologize for that. So as far as connecting and, 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 and sex, it's, Yeah, sometimes it's not going to be the whole days of our lives thing. And sometimes it is about, but here's the deal is the perfect marriage is two servant spouses. So you should never go into the bedroom thinking about, man, I hope she does this and I hope she does that. And I want her to do this and I want her to do that versus, man, I'm really going to please my wife tonight. And same with the wife, man. I hope he does this and I hope he does that. And cause that's your, your focus is wrong. <clears throat> that's not servant. It's not a, that's not agape love. Agape love is the giving type of love, but it should go further than the bedroom all day long. We should be thinking about, it shouldn't be thinking about, man, I need, I need my wife to do this for me and do this for me. That make my life so much easier. It should be like for me, me knowing ahead of time in the day, because I ask, Hey, how could I lift burdens off you today? Because at the end of the day, I feel all of his burdens. I feel it when he's, when he's a little worried or stressed about the businesses or about a situation. I feel it because we are one. And I'm just, you know, very, I'm very much, a, I feel people's energies anyway. So him and I being one. And so for me, I want to ultimately, here's my focus is on the father. Because if I just focus in on pleasing the father, everything just happens that way. I'm, I'm naturally going to want to serve my husband. And here's the thing, ladies, whether or not your husband is submitted to God, it doesn't say only submit to your husband when he's submitted to God. No, nope, it just says submit to your husband. And if from my experience, when my husband wasn't submitted to God, I got blessed and I'm still like being blessed. I can look back and see all the blessings in my life because I was submitted to Kurt. And then eventually Kurt became submitted to God. And it makes life so much easier when you stop trying to control your spouse. And I wish he would do that. And I wish he would do this. And, and Manny does this and Manny does that. And we know all that, all the energy is going to that area of focus versus on. I I had a conversation a couple of days ago with, with the wife. I'm like, okay, Write down five things that are really great about your husband and get your mind out of this crazy cycle of, because that's the enemy using you. That's you being in agreement to what the accuser of the brethren wants you to think and to, cause what's, what's the enemy's play, honey? What's his play always? He's got a couple, but one of them is division. One of them is distraction. And if he can divide you and it says a house divided 
cannot stand. Mm. Yes. And so we just have to be united. And so sometimes, you know what that's called? It's called humility. It's not always having to be right. That's not wisdom. That is called folly. When you like, well, I got to get my point across. I'm right on this. Even if they've never even ch- checked it out, they're just assuming they're right. Really? They don't have the, it's called ignorance. So I feel like when we could just come together and agree to disagree on some things. And also, what do you call it when you, the, the ding, ding, the go back to your corners, right? Yeah. Take it, take a break. I don't know. <laughs> take a break. If you're not yeah. going anywhere, ding, ding. And then this is where having mentors in your life is, is like, let's table this and let's sit down with somebody who has been through this and help us. So, so I want to mention three things real fast. Number one is everybody. I believe that our goal should be to have a world-class marriage. When you think about an athlete, like their, their uh, goal is to be world-class, to be the very best. If you think about an Olympian, for instance. And so it's like, when we have a desire to be a world-class, have a world-class marriage, all these different areas of intimacy are going to be important, right? Like we're going to have to have financial intimacy. And, uh, and and I don't have the book, but we'll include the book in the, the resources of this podcast so that you can you can check it out. But a couple of things that I just I heard you say, Rach, that I think is so important is um, number one is that nobody wins in an argument. Like many times we will. And I heard somebody say that, you know, if you win an argument, but you lose honor, you lost. Meaning like if our role as a spouse is to honor, to respect, to love the most important person on earth, which is our spouse. And because we won the argument, right? You know, for whatever it is, it doesn't matter. We lost. And guess what? When you lose, you both lose. And then it's these little things that says in the scripture, right? That it's what? It's the little foxes that spoil the vineyard. It's the little things most of the time that create the big fights, the big quarrels in our marriage that lead to different things. And so if we can begin to just learn how to fight fair, or as in, you know, what, um, the Roberson said is, Hey, listen, if you're in a knockdown drag out fight, there's two options. One, you could absolutely walk away or the other is you could just strip down and get naked. <laughs> and immediately when your spouse is naked in front of you very quickly, you could probably forget about what it was that you were fighting. And it's like, why not? Like, I know that sometimes could be like, Oh yeah, right. That's not possible. But is it possible? Have you ever tried it? Right. Like I can guarantee that if I if Rachel and I were in a fight and I was trying to get my point across and she just took her clothes off. I I think that happened. That actually happened when I was overdosed on the testosterone. (laughs) Yeah. So so think about that for a second, friends. But but I want to say this because I think this applies in any area of your life, of your marriage, of your communication. But there is a question that I want you to think about and share with your spouse. And it's this, I like it when, I like it when, okay? So if we were gonna put this into, into you know, how do we create more intimacy in our marriage? How do we create a safe place? How do we create more sex? Being open, because I know for a lot of us men, we don't get this. Like this is, guess what? This is something that I told Rachel for years that I need you to tell me what you want me to do. And she used to be like, figure it out. And, and I'm like, no, I need you to tell me. And they mentioned this again. 
at the marriage conference this weekend where it's like, hey, wives, you need to tell your husbands like what you want so that they can deliver on it. And so it's like, hey, I want to know from a sexual standpoint in the bedroom, what is it that you like from me? What is it that you want me to do more of so that I'm serving you? You know, the love languages, if you've ever read the book, The Five Love Languages, I love how they mention this, that, hey, over time, love languages change. The love language might be different when, you know, you're, the kids are small and the wife really appreciates the husband coming home and taking care of the dishes or giving the kids a bath or whatever versus when the kids aren't small, maybe that's not as important anymore. So I believe that we should almost, you know, just like uh, every six months or once a year, you get your blood drawn and you see where you're at or you take your, your car in for a, for a maintenance check is you got to do a maintenance check in your marriage and find out what is it that your spouse likes, enjoys and, and lets them know that you love them, you appreciate them and is creating intimacy. And, uh, and so be willing to be vulnerable to say, hey, I like it when you do this. And so we we created those five things, right, honey, of, hey, these are the five things that I like when, you know, so for instance, I like it when Rachel compliments me in front of other people. I like it when she gives me words of affirmation and tells me how much she appreciates everything that I do in running the businesses and providing financially. I like it when, you know, there's certain things that she does sexually behind closed doors and, you know, those different things. Right. And so I think it's so important that if we'll take the time at a date night once a week, you know, or on a walk or whatever to share with each other, what do we like? Because it's so easy to focus on what we don't like or what our spouse isn't doing good. Right. Versus establishing those things that we like so that now we know. And because now we know, because there's a saying that Rachel likes to say, when you know better, you should do better. But I believe it starts with knowing. And then once we know, then we can, you know, do so. Uh, So I just wanted to throw that out there. Well, babe, any last thoughts as we wrap up this this episode um, today on sex in a safe place uh, for for our guest? I think what was coming to my mind is um, rejection. I heard rejection um, because that's something that just me that I've dealt with my whole entire life, whether that be rejected by my family, rejected by friends, rejected for you know, positions, we re- re- rejected for opportunities, rejected, you know, and a lot of the rejection that we've overcome recently is, you know, Kurt never let me be his suitable helper. He rejected my wisdom, even knowing who I am and the work that I've done over the last 17 years and being in the Holy Spirit. Like the reason like Adam wasn't complete, like I'm a, like a woman is a wife, whether they're married or not. A husband doesn't become a husband until he meets his wife. It says, he who finds a good wife finds a good thing. And so we complete the part that it wasn't in him. So for me, as a woman, I see things that he's not able to see. And so rejection was a big part of our marriage for a really long time. And that really, it hits to the core, okay? And so, and that's even for guys in the bedroom, like, When you are in the bedroom and you're just kind of like not even there, but you're just doing it and you're not loving your husband, you're not connecting with your husband. He knows that and he feels rejected. 
Nobody wants to feel rejected. The rejection to me is the worst mm. feeling ever. Because especially somebody like me who's dealt with it their whole entire life <laughs> with everything. But see, then, then we just have to like, that's a spirit, y'all. Like that is an affirming spirit that we just have to no longer be in agreement with and tell it to go back to the pit of hell from where it came. Mm. But be in agreement with what is truth, right? So whatever's happening in your marriage, don't be in agreement with what the enemy is doing or your children are kind of wayward. You know, you can be in agreement with, well, there they go versus no, 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 no. Let's stand on the promises of God, over 7,000 promises of God. And every single one of them are in him, yes, and in him, amen. And so it's just not rejecting your uh, the person that should be your best friend that is the closest to you, your closest earthly relationship. And just approaching your marriage as two servant spouses coming together and lay down what you want in life. <laughs> because as a husband, his job is to make me great. His job is, is be, to be the one to teach me the Bible. But I started first. I came along. To, he took two years to come along um, because he saw the change in me. Well, and that's the thing. Like, please don't be transactional in that time. Because the only thing that if you're with a husband that's not really a believer or he's a fence rider and he's still got one foot in the world, you're the same person. You're just, you're just reading the Bible, but you've not transformed. Because you've not broken down the walls yourself, because you've allowed those walls. And, and please take my heed on this. And I'm telling you to fast track you, I had those walls that it took me, well, I'll be 52 next month. And it took me this past this year to hire a coach to help me break down some walls that I didn't know were there because I didn't go looking for them because I didn't want to be hurt. But you have to risk being hurt. Mm. That's love. When you risk being hurt, you got to risk being hurt. I love that. I love that. And uh, so, guys, we want to leave you. I want to leave you with this, friends, as we wrap up this episode. You know, and, and please let us know. Uh, send me a, a personal message through Facebook or Instagram uh, on how maybe this particular episode has impacted your marriage or any questions that you might have. You know, this is our mission uh, to love and to encourage and to empower people to live the champion life that we believe God created for you, where you're winning in every single area. And we understand areas like mindset and marriage and money, those three ones in particular are so important. And so it's one of our passions is to share our successes and our messes in our marriage so that, like Rachel said, we can fast track you. We can help you eliminate some of those problems that we've had over the years that held us back, you know, so long to now being able to have these things that we have so much more peace and harmony and intimacy in our marriage. And so I want to encourage you. I want to leave you with some homework today, friends, is take some time after you listen to this, maybe pause this, you know, and just go to your spouse today. Ask for forgiveness. And that's going to be a whole nother subject because love begins with forgiveness, you know, and let them know, hey, listen, I'm sorry. I apologize. Please forgive me. And I have a desire to be the safe place for you, for you to come and to be able to share with me whatever is on your heart, your mind. And that I promise that I will just seek to understand and listen and love you, not give you all the coaching, especially for you men. And watch and see how just that one thing 
impacts your guys' marriage and allows for vulnerability, allows intimacy, and ultimately, I can I can promise you, more sex will happen in your marriage by just implementing this one thing. So, you know, I want to thank you guys so much for tuning in today. Excited to come back on the next episode, which I got a good one for you. I'm not going to tell you exactly what it is right now, but thank you so much for tuning in. Rachel, honey, thank you so much for joining me on this episode. I appreciate you. And uh, we'll talk to you soon, guest. Have a blessed day. See ya. Thank you so much for listening to the Champion Life Podcast. I hope that you learned a thing or two that can help you create the champion life that you desire and that God has for you. Now, before you go, I have one ask. If this episode resonated with you in any way, I want to hear about it. Please shoot me a personal message on Facebook at Kurt Tucker or Instagram at Kurt D. Tucker. Stay tuned for the next episode, my friend. And as always, keep growing and keep going.